Let us pray. Lord, remembering your servant, your disciple, Martin Luther King Jr., we ask that you bless us also with a ministry of healing, reconciliation, hope, liberty, and restoration. Amen. Amen. Today, we just heard the story of how Jesus called his disciples. Being the rabbi that he was, he stood before his audience and said, Welcome to Discipleship 101. And then he handed the potential followers a stack of books, course material, asked them to read it, and then impressed upon them the need to develop their own thoughts about the identity and existence of God, the appropriate and faithful responses to God's unfailing love, and other such fun theological tasks. The outcome, of course, was that uh, he gathered up crowds wherever he went. And before he knew, he became so popular that those in power felt threatened and therefore eliminated him. Are we all on the same page that this is the story of Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's read the gospel again then. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. By the way, Galilee was a hotbed for social and economic rebellion. So, a good place to find rebellious people. It was certainly no Jerusalem. And then the gospel says, he found Philip and said to him, follow me. And the story continues with Philip inviting Nathaniel, who knows the rebellious nature of the people of the region, and being a good, disciplined student of the scriptures that he was, questions not only the quality, but also the intentions of Jesus' leadership. Jesus, being the smart guy that he was, anticipates Nathaniel's problem with following someone who may be too radical for his traditional views, affirms his commitment to the Jewish tradition and to observing the letter of the Jewish scriptures. How does Jesus do that? By telling Nathaniel that he saw him 
engaging in rabbinical study of the scriptures under the fig tree. Well, okay, I admit, Jesus did not hand anyone any books, and that my initial paraphrase was a bit of a stretch. But you must grant me that Jesus did acknowledge the value of being a disciplined student. However, in as much as our culture tells us otherwise, we have to accept that Jesus' invitation is not an invitation to an intellectual exercise, but a call to action, a radical call to some radical action. But that may not be what we wish to find in Jesus. The Gospel of John determined to reveal to us the identity of Jesus through various incidents and testimonies, sets up the entire process of discovering Jesus in the context of verse 38, where Jesus turns to John's disciples who were following him and says, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? The gospel writer knows very well that people will find Jesus to be what they are looking for him to be. This is true for the characters in the stories about Jesus, and it is true for all who have looked at Jesus for guidance and inspiration. Yes, including all of us gathered here today. So each person in the gospel brings to the story his or her own context and worldview, just like Nathaniel in today's reading, and just like us. So is the gospel writer saying that the truth about Jesus is in the eye of the beholder? Yes and no. Yes, because that is how Jesus will always be approached, with preconceived notions seeking to affirm in the person of Jesus that which the culture of the seeker approves as good, right, spiritual, etc. And yes, we may find that Jesus will find some intelligent way to affirm that initial disposition. However, being with Jesus is another story. It is not an intelligent affirmation of the politically correct behavior of the time. Instead, it is a radical invitation to join the action. Follow me. The radical invitation is not simply to come and see. That is the 
initial invitation. Sort of the fishing net, if you will. Very broad, and for all those listening, the real personal invitation directed specifically at each one of us is follow me. For that reason, the writer of John's gospel switches to the plural you when he has Jesus speaking to all the seekers present in his audience then and even now and assures them that they will see greater things happening. I'm hoping that the majority of us who have been coming to church for at least a number of years, if not decades, are no longer seeking to remain seekers, but are ready to be disciples of Christ. If that is the case, then the invitation for us is follow me. But let me go back to my faulty paraphrasing. There are two aspects of it that I find sort of troubling in our context, one of which I have alluded to before, following Jesus cannot be achieved through reading books. But the second is the one that disturbs me most. All through Christian history, we have found imaginative ways to turn Jesus into an object of study and moved as far away as possible for, from him as a person to follow. We have emphasized catechesis to the point that our sermons, adult forums, church school, youth forum, confirmation classes, conventions, general conventions, councils, revolve around teachings about Jesus, or teachings of Jesus, or teachings of the Bible, or teachings of the church. This is true whether we claim to be a confessional church, a doctrinal church, or somewhere in between, or somewhere out there, you know, however you wish to look at it. If you ask a believer today how they know Jesus and what can they say about Jesus, most believers begin to go down the creedal statements about Jesus. You know, born of the Virgin Mary, crucified, resurrected, son of God, and such. Interestingly, very rarely will you hear about the Jesus presented in the Gospels. You know, the one who healed the one who restored, who reconciled, who offered liberty, who did all sorts of miracles, and yes, 
especially the one who rebelled. Since the church allied with the power structures, we have lost the rebellious Jesus. And with the age of enlightenment, we seem to be losing the miracle doing Jesus as well. Now we are left with a very well domesticated, logical, calm, love is the solution to all problems, Jesus. And the consequence of all this is that the crowds are no longer interested in this abstract intellectual idea, Jesus, that we insist we need to do a better job of teaching to those blessed few who do make it to church. Friends, why can't we accept it? Why can't we accept it? We have nothing for the seekers to come and see. We have sucked the life out of Jesus. So I pray that we, just like Martin Luther King Jr., take the authority that Jesus has given to his followers and that we turn from the teachable Jesus towards an action-oriented Jesus. I pray that we claim the authority he has given to us and engage in bringing healing, hope, reconciliation, restoration, and liberty in people's lives. I am of the firm belief that when the word gets around, when the word gets around, that there is healing taking place at St. Paul's, that the people are being restored economically, reconciled in relationships, healed in the wholeness of life, that people's lives are changing in miraculous ways, then, then, the crowds will come and see. Amen.